Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. Building things can be really hard, and entrepreneurship is often portrayed in the media as the sexy or even worse, easy career path. Through this series, we plan to pull back the curtain and tell the gritty stories of entrepreneurship. We're striving to create a relaxed environment where entrepreneurs feel free to tell their stories. This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Smart People Should Build Things podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Scheinwald. I'm going to skip my bio today. You can listen to other, it'll be my teaser to get you to listen to other podcasts and, uh, and, and do more downloading. Um, today, we have uh, the founding team of Grand Central Tech with us, uh, Charlie Vanello and Matt Harrigan. Charlie and Matt are high school friends who had careers in finance and consulting, respectively, before joining together to launch this really novel incubator, which, wait for it, doesn't take any equity in the startups that it nurtures. Yes, I'll say it again, no equity and no hidden fees. Um, they provide spectacular office space, uh, which is a key part of their story, as well as legal support, mentorship, and more. They've already run two full classes and have helped to foster more than 20, probably more than 30 companies, I guess, probably getting close to 40 companies. Uh, how are they doing this? Let's find out. Uh, Matt and Charlie, thanks so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for having us. So everything about Grand Central Tech um, sounds just it sounds amazing, right? So you're you're an entrepreneur. You, know, you have no rent charged um, to you. Uh, you have no equity requested. Um, access to pretty amazing mentors and support. Was this the plan right from the beginning? Did you guys really dream of something so idealistic and fantastic when you started? I'm assuming you call it GCT. Can I start calling it shorthand for GCT? Absolutely. Okay, when you started GCT. Um, I think so. I mean, never had any idea it would be a, at this scale, but when we started it, our ambition was really to kind of change the way the tech interacts with the city around it. You know, we got together, as old friends do, over a bunch of beers, and we were talking about two things in parallel. The first is how the New York tech ecosystem was evolving in a really interesting way, but how there were a couple of pitfalls there, namely that there were some predators, some kingmakers, and in between, no real clear roadmap, especially as New York got to its feet, and a lot of big opportunities there. Uh, at the same time, we uh, it actually all goes back kind of to our high school. So uh, we went to a place called Regis High School. It's an all-boys Catholic school on the Upper East Side, very rigorous, and as you would expect of a prep school, uh, with one big difference, and that's that it's completely free for everybody who goes there. I was endowed 100 years ago by an anonymous widow uh, who gave all of her money to the school, or to start this school, to give a free... Uh, prep school education to the most gifted Catholic boys uh, who otherwise couldn't afford it. Now that last part used to manifest itself as you know Italian and Irish immigrants. Now it just is sons of immigrants. So about a third of the student body are sons of immigrants, myself included. And it's great because you have a diverse and hardworking group of kids. Um, the insidious part about it is that everybody ends up becoming doctors and lawyers because that's the immigrant parent dream. That's the ticket to upper middle classhood. 
So we were sitting around and talking about how we knew all these 30-year-old lawyers who were successful by every outward measure but kind of wanted to, you know, put their head through a window because, you know, they saw people building their dreams around them. It's not because they weren't smart. It's not because they didn't have opportunities. It's because they were never exposed to it. And so uh, we went to the school and we said, look, you've got this beautiful building that's empty during the summer. You've got these really, really talented young folks who need exposure to job skills and, and opportunities. And on top of that, you've got this alumni group that is deeply committed and devoted to giving back to the school, local and very successful. Let's give them an outlet to, to do it. So we said, give us a floor. We'll fill it with startups. Uh, we won't take anything from them, but we'll require them to take on at least one uh, recent graduate as an intern. And it went really well. One of the alums that came down um, to help us out was a guy by the name of John Conway. He's an accountant. And he said, guys, I love what you're doing. I've worked for the Milstein family for 25 years. Um, they're really interested in technology and education, and I think they'll like this. Can I introduce you to them? we said absolutely and so that's kind of the little founding story over there yep and uh, in building grand central tech we we brought some of those pieces with us so we don't charge any of our companies any rent uh, as a byproduct of the milstein family being generous enough to not charge us any rent so we are we're very fortunate in that regard um, we don't take any equity of our companies and as a result we've really put forward an entrepreneur friendly model and everyone keeps asking, what, where's the catch or what's in it for you guys, uh, to, to Charlie and I. And really for now, certainly we're not concerned with you know, some immediate payday for, for either of us. I think that's the wrong way to, um, to dig into building one of these communities. We're, we've started with just concentrating on how, how we best support our companies. And what's interesting is having done that, we've gotten tremendous response from the New York City entrepreneurship community and some of the best startups in New York are now calling Grand Central Tech home and once you've done that we've been able to attract the interest of a lot of great corporations that want to figure out how to interact with that community and there are opportunities for Grand Central Tech to monetize those interactions if you will. I want to go back to you were talking already about the kind of the founding the founding myth the founding story um, you guys discussing this problem that you saw among your classmates uh, but you know, in your careers, so you, I, you know, did a, a little bit of research on what's what's available on, in, about you guys. We have a, a consultant and a finance guy. Um, Matt, you're the consultant, and again, okay, there's my research paying off. Charlie, you're the finance guy. Um, were you those guys? And, and how do you get from? How long were you ruminating on this decision for on the, on this thought process for before you took the leap, leap yourself to be a leader in this regard? Uh, we to be so leaders in this regard. Yeah. If I correct my own English there. We, when Charlie and I started this program out of our high school, um, that was the summer of 2013. And in the course of, I was working at the time at ESPN. I'd actually wrapped up my consulting by then. I was a product manager at ESPN, building some really cool stuff. But it was right across the park. ESPN's New York City offices are uh, in Lincoln Center and uh, Regis is on the Upper East Side. So I would scoot across the park every free minute I had and spend the time at Regis. And Charlie had an interesting break in his career and he can talk about that. So we were able to spend the summer working on that project pretty intensively and met John Conway and he introduced us to the Milsteins and <laughs> they gave us an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> um, so whereas it may not have been uh, an out and out plan to get to where we are now, uh, things kept presenting themselves to us and, and we followed it. Actually, kind of going back to one of your previous questions, you ask about advice you'd give entrepreneurs. The one piece of advice I give every entrepreneur 
who is really just getting started is you have to build something. You're not allowed to just talk about your idea. You have to build some version of it, however small, before you really can be talking about your idea. So we could have talked forever about wanting to start a tech accelerator, but then we actually went and built this little thing at our high school, which may seem like nothing, but that's how we got to where we are now. So Charlie, <coughs> Matt just uh, just alluded to a break in your career that he wanted you to talk about, so so uh, sh share it with us. <laughs> well, you know, my, my career was... Uh, pretty interesting on the finance side. I covered retail restaurant companies um, at Fred Alger Management, and then I started a hedge fund with my old boss from there, and I'd helped him write a couple of books. My interests were always pretty wide, um, but in covering technology and really getting deeper and deeper into the New York tech ecosystem, I realized the sum total of all of my professional experience was training to identify uh, emerging trends and growth and take advantage of that. and and. I realized I couldn't do that behind a Bloomberg <laughs> pressing, uh, putting in numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. So I took the leap and went out and started doing this. And so you started it. You started it at, at Regis. So it wasn't Grand Central Tech then, was it? Was it Regis Central Tech? Was it RTA, uh, the Regis Tech Accelerator? Okay. So what did that? What did what did the Regis Tech Accelerator look like aside from free free space? How many companies were there? We had seven companies. Seven interns. Uh, more like eighteen interns. 18. Okay. And uh, it's actually kind of elegant using schools. I think that more people should think about schools during the summer. They're empty. Yeah, uh, fascinating. And uh, we took over the fourth floor of the building. Which is funny, right? So all of the companies, we gave each of them their own classroom. And then at the high school that we went to, on every floor, there's a larger room that the teachers will hang out at, and the kids can go and visit them, and there are tables scattered around. And what was interesting for us is we assumed that all the companies would want to break out and have their own classroom and, and build their own little office space for the summer. But what they ended up doing was all piling into these shared areas and that is informative of how young companies like to operate we've got companies in grand central tech right now with formidable founders who've done it before and you assume or, or one might assume that they would want to go get their own office space but on the contrary they want to be part of energy because as charlie talked about entrepreneurship is difficult no matter how good you are at it and being around other people who are in the struggle uh, definitely makes it easier uh, on the darker days so you had, I'm assuming the school ran nine and a half months a year, like like normal schools, ten yeah. months a year. So you had July, June, July, sorry, part of June, July, and, and probably most of August to get your company off off the ground and uh, and and walk out the door with three months of of, uh, of advice and and free rent behind you to, to to put a little bit of wind in your sails. Yeah, I mean. Um I think when people talk about accelerators uh, uh, in, in relationship to one another, the, the, the core offering of space and a community of startups <coughs> that surround you, um, like 90% of the value you're going to get out of an accelerator begins and ends right there. And the rest, the resources, the introductions, all the rest of it, that's the 10%. So uh, just getting those companies together and around each other was, that's, that's when we realized that building a community is um, is something we're both very passionate about. And are any of those companies from 2013, any of them around today? Yeah. Um, we have to check in with them. Um, but, they, yeah, I think actually almost all of them are around. Is there 
Anyone in particular that uh, that 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 you are fond of that you remember well sure. that you were excited about that you there's a company uh, they have offices uh, downtown Manhattan called Full Stack Academy um, and they are a uh, six week uh, six week they have six week and eight week programs six I week believe. and eight week um, full stack coding programs uh, teaching people how to code and how to basically transition from one career to the next mm. yeah and these these folks are they're Y Combinator alums as well with some interesting exits behind them. And they're placing people, they're training people and giving them jobs, and that's like a big part of what's fueling this, this, you know, uh, I want to keep the word bubble off my lips, but yeah. fueling this growth in, in the ecosystem. Bubble's a safe word here. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a skeptic, so uh, I, uh, people who listen to the show know that, I, that, I'm, that I'm constantly asking people if they think there's a bubble. Um, <clears throat> maybe you don't want to hear it, but uh, <laughs> we just had David Kidder, and then he, he, he talked at length about how it's not a bubble, so, yeah. so most guests have been, uh, have been giving me the contra argument. Um, I always joke that if uh, that I've, I've been saying it for four years, so if I say it long enough, eventually, eventually I'll be right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, What's that line? The on a long enough timeline, the survival rate drops to zero for everything. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's great. I like that. Um, so, so take so, so how quickly do you get from? I mean, you guys just sort of talked about like, oh yeah, so we met this this uh, individual who worked for the Millsteins, and for those who maybe aren't aren't in New York, you know, you know, the, the, the you might not know the Millsteins are one of the really prominent real estate families in in New York. Um, what what are some of the iconic buildings that they that they own? Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, they own a bunch of midtown buildings. Let's leave it. Let's 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 leave it at that. I know they own a, a yep. couple of uh, that. I think are J.P. Morgan's in downtown, um, and the one I think I'm assuming the one you're in, uh, they they kind of have to own by that. So that's that's at what 44th and and 43rd and Madison. 43rd and Madison, um, because they're prov- they're they're providing the the free space uh, in their building for the for GCT to 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 operate. You know, you, you talk to, I can't remember the fellow's name, I'm sorry, but you, you, you talk to this individual, he introduces the Milsteins, you know, meet for coffee, and it's like, okay, let's do it, or how long did this take? It was almost that fast. Come on. It really was. Uh, we had a demo day for our, um, our, our first class of companies from Regis uh, in uh, mid-September. We were introduced to um, Michael Milstein, our third partner at Grand Central Tech, shortly thereafter. Uh, all the paperwork was signed in January, and uh, I was, you know, full time February first, as I remember it. Um, I mean, it, that's a very fast timeline to establish a company and completely transition your career. So it was a very, very exciting and frightening, actually, uh, time. But you know, a great opportunity came along. We both loved at it. Yeah, and it, it was very serendipitously great right place right time and and you know i hate to harp on luck that much but it really was you know our, our partner michael is um a really dynamic guy who who has a deep interest in technology and so he had been thinking about doing something and when we met it was like the pieces came together so uh it was a great starting point for our partnership tell our tell our listeners how, how much that rent would uh, what, what would the rent check be for what ten thousand? Fifteen thousand square feet. Fifteen thousand square feet. That, that incidentally, Facebook used to yeah used to lease before before Grand Central yeah, Tech took off. Facebook thing. moved out, and we moved in about two weeks later. Like yeah. ships ships passing in the night. I mean, that space uh, could go certainly for as much as a million dollars a year in rent. And that's and that's been that's 
free to free to Grand Central Tech in order to build these companies and forever. And for, for so long as we exist, we will never be charged rent. Yeah, and we also, you know, that also doesn't take into account the fact that it's also unbelievable internet connectivity, like super high speed stuff that these guys can jam on without an issue about it going down. It's also all legacy Facebook infrastructure, which is kind of interesting um, thematically to talk about. You know what happens when when these folks move out. Uh, and then third is, you know, all these utilities. It's a Class A building. We have a cleaning crew come through. We have all right. these great amenities. We have unbelievable security, which, you know, some people might think is a little bit of pain. But, but candidly, we have had almost every woman that's worked in the space come to us and say, I feel comfortable working here late at night. Mm. I feel comfortable being here because we know that they're going to be safe and they're going to be taken care of. And that's just, you know, there's something to be said for the charm of, of being in a loft in Soho or something like that. But, um so class A is class A. So I'm curious about that. You said as for as long as as GCT exists, we have we have free rent. But uh, you know, con considering that you're not taking equity, um, you're not charging any fees. You're like you know, as you said, everyone's kind of saying, "Well, wait, what's the catch? No, really, what's the catch? No, really, what's the catch? What 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 is the model? How how do you how do you how does GCT sustain itself? And and what is the point at which GCT? Is is done. I, I, that, that this is sort of the the riddle of, of of Grand Central Tech, I guess, to the outs to the outsider at least. Yeah, no, uh, I, you don't share anything with me that you don't want to share, of course. But. <laughs> it's fine. There's nothing to hide. Um, you know, we do, we as uh, we don't get charged any rent, and so our operating costs are actually pretty modest by comparison to your standard business. Uh, if you look at the, you know balance sheet of any business, you'll see their real estate takes up a good chunk of the cost often. And so we don't have any of that cost, and which means our operating budget is much lower than your standard. And, at, you know, so, so that's in terms of what we need in order to operate on a going basis. And then on the other side is, uh, you know, what we've built. Uh, by having some of the absolute best ex uh, startups in the city in our space, um, it's no wonder that organizations like Google and Microsoft and IBM and JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs want to be around uh, a community like that, that not only is able to attract the best talent, but also cares about diversity, cares about building a comprehensive tech ecosystem in New York. Uh, and those are people who are willing to pay to support an organization that is committed to doing something like that. Um, and we're, we're very grateful for their support. Um, and that's what it is able to fund Grand Central Tech on a going basis. So I guess what you're saying is everyone's playing the long game. The Milsteins are, are hoping that these companies grow up and appreciate what the Milsteins did for them and will we'll, we'll rent their space. And the others, Microsoft, Goldman, are hoping that you know, we'll have a great you know, burgeoning tech industry in New York that will identify with Goldman when they want it, when they need financing. Yeah, I it? guess yeah, we're pushing all in on karma. Um, <laughs> but no, and, and listen, it, Charlie and I have some tricks up our sleeve in terms of where we see Grand Central Tech going in the next year or two. But I actually think what prevents more efforts like ours from getting off the ground are people immediately focusing on how they get theirs. And right now, as an organization, we're concentrating on how we build a community that people actually want to be a part of, and that is pure. And down the road, there are any number of ways that we can add businesses around that community to add value to Grand Central Tech. And we'll get there, but for right now, we're concentrating on you know, building a place where people want to be. This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast, a show about entrepreneurs and their stories. So two classes out of this space, is that right? There, and the, Everyone's there for about nine months? A year. A year, okay. Or call it a like year. 11 and a half months. Okay. We need a couple oh. of weeks to paint the walls and sweep the floors. Um, so the 2014 class um, is, you know, is out the door. Uh, what, how did you feel about your first full class? Um, you know, who are you nostalgic about already? <laughs> who are you like, oh, you know, was there, were there any tears? Were you like, oh, I, I, I can't, I don't want to see this one, you know, leave the nest? Um, why don't you know? Why don't we start with you, yeah. Charlie? Who, who's your who's the who's the one you're most nostalgic about? And you're like, Damn it, that kid's gonna make it one day. You know, weirdly enough, uh, a I'm proud of all of them. Weirdly enough, we were uh, there were actual tears when they yeah. moved out uh, all around. And the good news is that because we're able to accommodate them, 100 percent of them stayed in the building. They're all just upstairs. So oh I well, see, I see them all every day. Do you guys uh, get more space, or that space was, in, we have, was intended for you? So we've built out a 40,000 square foot co-working facility called Build, and that's kind of built to accommodate them as they grow. Um, so, you know, we we see them all. We see them all all the time. Uh, you know, I'm jazzed up about all of them, and, and it's great to see them continuing on with building the community that, that took so long to gel. Um, you know, we have weekly founders launches, and they still do it together. Um, these are the bonds that help drive the businesses and get over these humps that we've been discussing. I'm excited about all of them. How do you tell me? Tell, tell us about, Tell us. You don't. You don't name a favorite, but just tell us about one or two of them, and tell us what they're, what the, what types of problems they're trying to solve. Yeah. Well, I think one really interesting one to think about is Cohero Health, and Cohero Health uh, is founded by Melissa Manis and Dan Weinstein. And what they've built is a smart inhaler and spirometer that allows parents, researchers, and doctors to monitor the efficacy and intake of pump-driven therapy. Uh, that's really inhalers for asthma and COPD. If you think about that. Pharma loves it because they get to sell more drug if people are actually taking it right. And insurance should love it because if people take their medicine, they don't go to the hospital as much. So it's a real win-win-win. They were mentioned by Tim Cook in one of his presentations. Mm. You know, they're really firing on all cylinders. I think another really interesting company is Mast Mobile. Um, and if you look around a modern office, the things that you don't see are an office phone. Um, they allow the office worker to be untethered from their desk so that you bring one device and that device has your office line, your home line, your work line. It has different security settings, different data settings, um, different data plans, and different pairs. Um, and that's a really profound thing. So they're building basically a competitor to the Sprints and Verizons of the world, which sounds crazy, except these are the guys that founded Virgin Mobile. Matt? 2014 class. Give me one or two that you don't say that you love more than the other children, but exactly. that you think are interesting. I love all my children equally. Right. Um, you're, 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 you're the you're the single one, and uh, so, so there are no actual children. Uh, that, that you're uh, this is this is the classic metaphor. Whereas Charlie, as we found out, just got married. La yeah. Is this last weekend? Uh, no, a month ago. Oh, sorry. Okay, a month ago. Okay, which little. Little pre-show chatter, guys. Uh, okay, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm I'm delaying for you, Matt. Matt, no, 2014 I, class. We have. Um, I love all of them. There are two more to talk about. Uh, one is a company called Spoken Layer, which takes any uh, printed co content and makes it audible. So that 11-page New York Times magazine article you never seem to get the time to read, you can now listen to it using spoken layer technology. Hmm. They farm out that article to a distributed network of uh, professional voice actors and readers 
who read it and turn around the content with as little as, I think, 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and now you can listen to that content when you go for a walk, a run, whatever it may be. Really, really cool technology. Uh, think of it as like Uber for um, voice um, professionals. And then another one would be um, Nagari Membranes. Um, kind of not your standard startup, but um, what Nagari is doing is building an entirely new um, uh, water membrane uh, for uh, treatment of water, either desalinating it or purifying it. Um, and I think we're all betting on uh, companies like Rob succeeding, given every all the all the buzz about water these days. Um, but if his system uh, works at scale, we're talking about a completely carbon neutral mechanism for desalinating water that would bring the cost of desalinating water down to parity with turning on a spigot. Um, so if if he gets this right, I think California will love him for it. Wow, yeah, we've, we should all be rooting for him. Yeah. Wow. How 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 far along is he? Having? Very far. Uh, I mean, we're talking about he's a Yale uh, um, PhD in biochemistry or something like that. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant guy who's having a number of breakthroughs right now. We're really excited to be on the sidelines. Wow, that's crazy. Um, that uh, yeah, that's wild. So okay, so you in your first you, you accepted were there eight there were eighteen companies in your first class. That's right. You got what five hundred plus applications. Just about five hundred. Yeah. How, how did you first of all? How did you get the word out? I mean, how did people know that you existed? I mean, there was a lot of good press about Charlie's expertise. Okay. Uh, ground and pound. <laughs> Our outreach was pretty <laughs> tremendous. I mean, we had some great PR support, and then, frankly, the offer is pretty tough to miss. You know. Right. Um, Zero rent, zero equity gets a lot of people interested, and it gets the right kind of people interested too. There are some folks that can pay the rent, but they won't give up equity, and there are some folks who can't pay the rent and can give up equity. And we get, it's such an interesting Venn diagram of who we end up getting in there and how the class interacts with each other. But, um, you know, it's a little bit of aggressive outreach, a little bit of PR, and a lot of goodwill. And then this time around, we got about 1,000 applications for 19 spots. And a lot of that was driven by the success of our first class. You know, those folks are evangelists for us, and they really went out and and pumped it out to the community. There's a lot of good karma here, as we talked talked earlier. But you guys still got to be competitors. Is there anyone? I've got to assume there are days where like I can't believe we lost that one to Y Combinator or whatever, whenever it might be. Um, are there those or, or for that sake? Yes, we got. We know that person was that that company was choosing between us and you know X Y Z. Uh, accelerator, or you guys really chill about these things as well? I think. I wish you guys could see. I wish the <laughs> listeners could see. I mean, Matt in particular is a pretty chill guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we do not see, view ourselves as being competitive with other accelerators. We're just because we're different. It's not to say we're better than them. They're, you know, we're not competitive with them. We're just completely different. So, uh, Y Combinator companies have left Y Combinator and come into Grand Central Tech. Um, same is true of TechStars. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many we've ended up accepting, but we've certainly interviewed a great number of them. Um, you know, in some regards, we're like a finishing school for these companies that have gone through other accelerators, but really need their last hump to get over, and we're a good place uh, for them to do that. I, I, I don't know. I speak I, for myself, but I, I don't view us as being competitive. Yeah, I agree, I, and I think that the fact that almost every other accelerator that we've spoken to actively markets on our behalf to their classes is indicative of that. Wow, you know, okay. it's it's a way for them to continue, they're investors, right? It's a way for them to continue to extend their runway and, mm. and leverage all the resources they already put into these great companies. Point. Yeah, great Sorry. point. No worries. Um, is there anyone, is there anyone, when you look back on the on the 500 applications you had in the 2014 class, anyone that 
like, wow, I can't believe we missed that. Like, that thing took off like a rocket ship, and <laughs> they applied to be in our program, and how could we not have, have accepted them? There were a couple. Um, I don't know that we should necessarily names, mention. Names. Yeah. Okay. But there were there were a couple. Uh, when you get that many applicants, you're not you know when you get down to the end, you're not cutting fat anymore. You're cutting bone. Uh, you're making decisions that it's it's impossible. I, it's especially and it is painful. Yeah. I mean. How do you know you can't? And we're humble enough to acknowledge that people who sit in our chairs and get to decide who gets in and who doesn't, I think, often aren't quick enough to mention that it's uh, we were very proud to be given the honor of being able to even look at your business and, and that's not lost on us in terms of how you chose these firms do you guys have very rigid criteria is there, is there how much is gut how much is hey we got these six you know, things that they've got to meet and otherwise they don't meet them they're not for our GCT so we we do look at five categories but I think you're, you'll probably hear the same of any investor what it boils down to is great companies that we're looking for and, and when we look at it the first three categories balance each other out the first is the quality of the team who are they what makes them uniquely positioned to attack this challenge the second is the scope and the importance of the idea, you know? Uh, and the third is traction. And those last two are interesting to balance against each other because if it's something that isn't important, you know, a Nagari membranes, because it's so powerful, we're able to take an earlier look. But Tinder for cats, as Matt likes to call out, better have millions and millions of users on there to overcome that hump. The last two things that we don't really com compromise on, but that we pay attention to, are the strength of the engineering teams and the community fit. Um, you know, these are long-term relationships that we're building. We want to do it with people that we like and people who buy into the community aspect. Um, and in terms of the engineering talent, you know, if New York's going to make its mark on technology, it's going to be driven by a robust engineering culture. Um, that helps foment these changes and actually, you know, create these technological breakthroughs. Yeah, Charlie s says it well. If there's one criticism of New York Tech thus far, it's been uh, a good number of the startups that you see are, are derivative. They are um, using and cobbling together other technologies into something else interesting, and it may well be interesting, but no one on their team really knows how to build technology. And ultimately, those are the companies that have the most value and are capable of doing the most things. The 2014 class, you guys already talked about how much you enjoyed it and how, how even how emotional it was to, to let them go. But what did you learn from that class in terms of how to select the next class and just how to be a better accelerator? That's a good question. I think people, <laughs> our, our instinct is always to say that people want optionality around things, around oh, I can or I can't go to this thing. Uh, what we've learned, what I've learned, at least I speak for myself, is is really forcing people to kind of take a bite when you're offering it to them um, in terms of curriculum, in terms of community aspect, is how you go from that stuff really gelling in month eight to week three or week four. Uh, and we're already seeing it pay dividends uh, with the current class. You know, we had an hour-long founders lunch today. And these are the busiest people in the entire world who are taking an hour out to work with each other and to help them get intros to investors or customers or work through a technological issue. It's a really profound um, you know, uh, thing when, when the community starts to melt like that. Yeah, that's the biggest thing we learned from last year is how to really build a community around 
some extremely high flying and successful people uh, as the entrepreneurs that we attract. They don't like to be distracted from their tasks and you can only do so if you demonstrate to them that every time you do, you're giving them something that's of value to them. And so that's what we concentrate on from a curriculum perspective. So you guys have some, some pretty high profile uh, mentors that, that, uh, that are engaged um, you know, with GC2, Joe, Joe Lonsdale of, of Palantir, um, Harry Lefrak, another, um, another uh, member of a pretty prominent New York real estate firm uh, family, um, who I read his bio, he also has an interest in, in tech. Andrew Yang of uh, Venture for America, our friend yep. here, our, our, my dear friend Andrew. Um, how are you getting these mentors to engage with these companies? Um, how are there, are, you know, are, are, is, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is Joe Lonsdale really, you know, coming down and investing his time with some of these startups? You know, so A, the advisory board are advisors to, to Grand Central Tech, so Matt, uh, myself, okay. and Michael, and they work with us. However, all of them do, if they haven't, we have it in the works for them to come down and at least talk with the companies. Now, the challenge with that is saying there's a real reason why you need to meet with X, Y, and Z. And in many cases, there's not a necessarily reason. So they'll come down, they'll engage with us, and they'll be a part of the community. Um, but in terms of coming down every week and having office hours, I, I don't know that that's either relevant or advisable. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair answer. What, uh, and, and the two of you guys, when you started this t together, you're, you're old friends. Um, we talked, talked before the show started about how um, Matt spoke at Charlie's wedding, so you're still clearly on, on good terms. Uh, how, how do you guys divide up the responsibilities at, at running GCT? I know there's a staff beyond, beyond the, yeah. a team beyond the two of you guys, but Charlie, what do you do? Matt, what do you do? Um, and how do you guys ensure that you still have fun? We, we all do, we, bo we both do everything, but we're very lucky to have an unbelievable staff behind us that helps the machine hum. Um, it's a lot of, you know, what I mentioned before, Matt saying, it's, it's setting these goals and empowering people to be able to, to achieve against them. In terms of me and Matt, we're almost telepathic at this point. Like, we can, an email comes in, it comes into both of us, and we just look at each other or point you or me, and it's kind of just divide and conquer on that, you know? Um, we look at everything through the lens of our companies, and we necessarily have to. And, and it's three questions. How do we shorten the timeline and increase the quality of access to dollars from investors, dollars from customers, and talent? Uh, and if we're able to execute against that, that creates a really virtuous cycle where everybody wins. Anything to add? No. Um, in such a small... Charlie and I sit six feet apart from each <laughs> other. So we are constantly... Um, dividing and conquering and um, you know there's no specialization between us each of our personalities is obviously slightly different and so naturally certain work caters to one or the other um, but we, we we are a two-headed dragon and uh, like running the business that way and uh, you know we, we talked before and we did something that might show up on another show but uh, why don't you tell us of the toast that uh, that you made at Charlie's wedding uh, to, uh, to I, have to, I have to get out of here. I'm gonna say <laughs> to maybe uh, to maybe illustrate how uh, how closely you guys work together. Uh, yeah, well, I, I made clear to uh, Kathleen uh, the night before she married Charlie that he was already my husband. Um, and <laughs> very very important for her to realize that uh, I'm I'm as much a partner to him as she is. Um, and and I think any entrepreneur who's listening to this certainly would would appreciate the notion that. 
the people who you who you go into battle with, who you start a business with, uh, that's a that's a deep uh, and 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 vital bond, um, and it, it's great it's great working with Charlie on a day in day out basis. I'm sure Kathleen would dispute that or did dispute that uh, during the speech. But, no, uh, but it's I, this is what makes Kathleen such a <laughs> such a gem. She gets it. She knows that um, that this means a lot to us. I I don't want to go on to another business. I want to keep building Grand Central Tech. I know that Charlie feels the same way. That this is the thing that I want to do. There isn't another thing. Yeah, this is the work of our lives. It's incredible. What. Uh, in terms of the you know the Milstein's long-term goal, is is anyone actually you know for now uh, two classes in renting renting some of their space? Um, oh yeah. yeah. So um, and listen, that's a that's a happy byproduct, right? The the building is 1.1 million square feet, so it's not like right. the, it's not like the Milsteins are relying on us, our, our our humble tech accelerator to fill the building. On the contrary, now that being said, they do support the tech ecosystem and want to have tech companies in there. So we have uh, you know. Grand Central Tech Space, which is 15,000 square feet. We have the graduate co-working space, which is 40,000 square feet. That's a full floor. Um, and that's fully occupied at this point. And then one of our companies actually flew the coop and took out their own office space. They took out their own private 5,000 square foot office space. So in our own small way, uh, we are growing and doing something interesting. But uh, again, we're not responsible for filling the building by any means. No, of course. And, and, but the, and the internship component is still is still there as well. You're still helping people take Regis um, no. interns? Oh, it's, it's, it's much larger than that. Our internship program has turned into something fantastic, and it's kind of grown on its own. Um, we work with four private high schools, Regis, Riverdale, Trinity, and Choate, and then we work with two public high school organizations. One is called Scripted, and one is called Nifty. And those organizations both find promising talent within the public school system and then coach them up and give them additional job training and so on and so forth. So we've got about 35 interns working with us this summer and each of them prior to coming into Grand Central Tech spent a day at each of our corporate partners which is amazing to be like this 18 year old kid and getting to spend a day at Google working on some group project. I, I wish I could have been so lucky. And then after having done a week of that they're each placed with one of our companies. Um, for a seven-week-long internship program where they get to sit, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with some of the best engineers and, and startups in New York City. It's tremendous exposure at a young age. Um, and they get to meet each other. And, and, and introducing young people of such different socioeconomic backgrounds we think is important. The Wall Street Journal... Um you know, an article that you guys were featured in actually talked about how um, only four percent of startups coming out of accelerators succeed, um, but there's there's still accelerators growing, and I don't know if that if the growth of accelerators is diminishing that number, or if it's consistent off of off of accelerators, or I can see some some <laughs> a, a dismissive shake of the head there from Charlie. Like, I mean, what does that mean? What the hell does successful mean? What okay. does four percent of the companies are successful? Mean? Does it mean remain I, in business for three years thereafter? Does it mean it gets acquired for X amount? I don't know. Okay, fair, you know, fair, 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 fair skepticism. Um, but are you know? Do you, is there? Do you feel like there are too many accelerators out there? Do you think there are enough? Do you think there? Do we need? Do we need more or no. less? Are we at the right amount? Is the market just supply and demand is media is matching? Yeah, I don't know that it's like it's not something that I, I dedicate a significant amount of my time or, or thought to, and I think that it's you know because of where we sit. If you look at it at a growth at a curve 
of a company life cycle and you know it's this nice para parabolic curve and at the top or on the y-axis it's risk and on the x-axis it's proof you know and it, and it kind of looks like this all you listeners can not see me doing this but at, at the very far left hand side what you have are the early stage riskiest companies which are just an idea or just a bunch of people working on it that's where most accelerators and incubators can play because they need you know they need to be able to take 10 percent equity from them for 50 to 150 grand because we don't we're able to just play a little bit further to the right on the on the scale which allows us to get later stage companies or, or more robust companies or more notable founders um who, who push that bar over and so I, I, again I, I don't know that there uh that there's too many or too few accelerators out there but i think we play by somewhat different rules I guess maybe a related question, and I hope I'm not, uh, not repeating myself, but um, are we lionizing the startup community to the point where maybe it's maybe it's starting to be a little de detrimental where people who weren't meant to be in startups, maybe not in the accelerator world, but just are just... Are I totally agree. I think it's funny, uh, Sam Altman, who runs Y Combinator, put out a, um, a chart the other day showing uh, the uptick in applications to Y Combinator over time. And there's this spike right in the middle of it. And he said he would give a prize to anyone who figured out what caused the spike. And what caused the spike was the movie, The Social Network. And everyone <laughs> decided they needed to go start their startup and be Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I absolutely agree that there are way too many awful startups out there. We have no interest in, in working with them. And our ambition with Grand Central Tech is to create connective tissue between the corporate world and the startup world because the corporate world ultimately provides the scale that these companies need in order to be ultimately successful um, and I would argue that part of the issue uh, that's causing this number of crappy startups is in one part that we've lionized the industry but another is that there's a break in the chain in terms of generating personal professional success and people don't feel like they can get it from the corporate world. And so there, there needs to be reimagination of how we generate success um, at scale that doesn't always necessarily involve spending 25 years at some large corporation. If we can get a little bit more thoughtful there, I think you'll do a better job of telegraphing to the startup community what they should be working on um, so that they ultimately are successful. Maybe I can infer from what you're saying that there's, there are sort of two kinds of success right now. There's the old school of, you know, working in the in the job and you know ultimately, I guess, being promoted and more responsibility, right. saving, etc. And the new school, which is the you know, Facebook school, which is in three years I can make ten billion dollars, whatever. And there's got to be a, a middle ground there. Yeah, and I don't think everybody out there is motivated by. Um, I need to make $3 billion and get my big uh, sexy payout. I think a lot of people just want to feel like they are working on a meaningful challenge. Mm, yeah. And we need to find ways to break down larger challenges into chunks that people feel that they're working on, and they'll start companies around those smaller challenges. Um, and the payout, whether it comes or not, I, you know, it's a separate separate issue. Agreed. Yeah, my, my, I always say I think the, the most important, the thing I love the most about entrepreneurship is flexibility. Is just is long, Once you've made it, you it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Absolutely. 
guys, I think we're we're out of time. This has been great. I uh, hope that we can check in in the future uh, and find out about more of the companies of. We'll find out with the class of 2017 and 16 at some yeah. point. And great. And uh, I wish you all the best with uh, with GCT. Thanks, Thanks for thank having you us. So much. This is really great. Appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.